good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Machabili, hello, Cyber Critique Compounding Crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BS Beats and Daily. And um, I don't know if you guys can pick up on it right now, but uh, just getting over a little sore throat here right now. I shouldn't say little, but like as soon as I came back from a vacation, like I don't know, just out of sinuses and sore throat and just all kind of madness. So I'm over it right now. Well, let me just say 90% over it. But this have a slight little tinge right now. So if my voice sounds a little bit weird, that's why. And uh, boy, oh boy, we have a lot of stuff to talk about because, I mean, it's been, what, two weeks since we, since we met up online? Yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, the stuff we miss is not the biggest miss, however. True, 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 true. Um, so for one thing, I did not see Fulis Man. I really wanted to check it out before I yeah. left for vacation, but couldn't, unfortunately. So you could just do just a quick review of it. So, I mean... Sure. Seen that well, not not seen that there isn't much to talk about with the show, but just that you know it's been two weeks since it came out, so really don't have to spend too much time on that. Um, I caught up with uh, season two of Castlevania, so I'll yeah. share my thoughts on that. Same thing with Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which was one that I was excited for. Um, and I also checked out uh, well, a feature film that was released uh, two days ago, the time it's recording on Netflix called Outlaw King. Two reasons being why I wanted to check it out. Um, one, because of the story, which I will get into later on. And second reason is the director, which just so happens to be David McKenzie, who directed, I believe it was your favorite movie of 2016 and my second or third favorite, which is Hello High Water. Right. Yeah. And yes, it does reunite. Um, it, this film reunites him with um, Chris Pine as well. Yes, Chris Pine is in this movie as well. So, um, I'll share my thoughts on that. Um, as far as theatrical releases go, you saw The Girl in the Spider's Web. Right. But in my case, I had to flip a coin. I was like, it was either this or Overlord. And just right. haven't seen that trailer. Well, even though I didn't see it when it came out. But I was just like, okay, I need to see this movie as soon as. Yeah, flip the coin, Overlord won. So, I checked out Overlord. You saw Overlord as well, too. So, you know, we'll yeah. share your thoughts on that. So, um, without further ado... Um, Sorry, without further ado, uh, you could talk about uh, First Man, which, yes, was a movie that I wanted to see because right. it was directed by Damon Chazelle. Um, I, I, I thought, like, after, like, I jokingly assumed that after the debacle that happened with the Academy Awards that, you know, Chazelle was done with making movies. They're like, you know, he got screwed over by the Academy over what happened. But it is glad that he's making something as ambitious as this. And also but, but, with uh, Ryan Gosling as well, you know? Yeah, the thing was, it's not like he was cheated or anything like that. I mean, and he, he seemed to capitulate, you know, to the situation uh, back in, in the Academy Awards. Um, right. Right. So, whatever. Yeah, this is, this is what? His third feature film, right? Is it? Um, I believe so, yes. Because before all that was, um, of course, the, the incomparable Whiplash, which we love and praise. Right. Yeah. Yeah, La La Land. Yes, La La Land. Uh, um, I don't think there was anything else, if, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so the thing with this is I, I liked it. I actually really liked it. Um, right. But I'll admit, it, I only liked it because it, it really caters to my biases of, well, it's space stuff, right? And it's real-world space stuff, which I really like. I, right. you know, I'm a big you know, space nerd, you know, cobalt space program and all that shit, right? And for me... It works really well. I actually really like it a lot. But I don't know. It just, I don't know. It, the narrative for Neil Armstrong didn't gel particularly well. Um, basically, it follows Neil Armstrong's life 
and well, his latter career involving a lot of personal issues, mostly involving his daughter and life and, and his melancholy of, of the world. And then all of the unlikely situation, situation and scenarios that had to play out for him to become the first man in the moon. And apparently all of this is real. I wouldn't really um, put it on the Shell to, to mismanage the narrative of, of rewilding. Again, he's kind of got to give a real world scenario now. Um, mm. So it's not like embellish anything or, or try to mix anything. It's probably we have, I don't do any research on the actual facts of it, you know, because you just have little websites, I'll just cover that stuff. It's yeah. reasonably accurate, so I understand. Um, yeah, and it all, all, these, all these really unlikely situations that had to play out for him to become the first man on the moon, and it wasn't him, him by calculation or pushing himself up or anything like that. Um, oh, okay. You know, circumstance and really, really dark, unfortunate circumstance that plays itself out. Wow. Um, that that well, absolutely man on the moon. The movie is very well made and well produced. Well, it's Damon Chazelle. The man is very, very, from a production and directing standpoint, he is A-class. The narrative itself doesn't gel too well with the story as it is. And I suppose he wanted to keep everything grounded. So from that standpoint, it works. I, a kind of good conscience, recommend this for a lot of people because it's a real slow burn. You might like it. I love it in my own personal sense. Um, especially when it comes to the history of the of the moon and you know the history of sorry the history of, of space travel and especially moon landings and, and the Cold War they put everything in good good um, reference points um, they make a, a great reference to Jill Scott Heron White Your Moon which I loved <laughs> that was kind of okay for this right. um, and the movie works for me it's well made um, but I could I could see a lot of people not caring for this because it does for lack of a better term it falls flat um, but it works for me. Another thing, I think I probably didn't enjoy it as much because I didn't see it on a big enough screen. I should have probably go to IMAX to see this one. Um, yeah, I was, I was about to ask you if you saw it there and if it was worth no, seeing in IMAX. I, I like, the, like normal screen 10 and thing. Screen what? Not screen 10. Yeah, screen 10, I think, in, in CC8. Um, okay. Sorry, in, not CC8. Uh, movie Town. Right. Uh, Salpa. And yeah, you know... I, it's good. I'll give it a good score. So I, I give it, actually, I, I, I would give it a reasonably high score, like a high movie tone, very high movie tone, low IMAX type score. But I could see a lot of people gelling this one because it's just so slow burning and just so personal and introspective. And it's good acting by everybody. I, I, I liked everybody in it. Corey Stoll was in it. He was pretty good as Buzz Aldrin. Um, Ryan Gosling himself, the lead, was pretty good in it. I, I thought it was quite good. I, didn't, I couldn't say I hate anything. Claire Foy, who is, well, the figure of um, <laughs> another movie we can talk about later. Uh-huh. Uh, she was pretty good in this. I thought she was actually quite quite great um, in this. She was, she, she was a standout performance in, for me in this. Um, but yeah, I don't know if other people could like this. I can't get good conscience. See, I will necessarily recommend it. I don't know about Oscar performances. Somebody might get a little something. I feel Clefoy might get a best, best supporting movie for it, if anything. Right. Um, and then, of course, director might go up for that, maybe. Uh, but I thought about it. Uh, I do recommend it in my own personal space, but for other people, they might not, they might not dig it. I'm not sure. It's really grounded space stuff. <laughs> I think. Right. It's, so, so, it's so just... one, one, one question about the movie, right? Um, is it like, okay, so I haven't seen Apollo 13 in ages, right? But you know, like when yeah. that movie came out, it had this kind of romanticized, well, well for, lack, yeah, for lack of a yeah, better right. term, you, you know, of, of space stuff. So like, you didn't need to know, too much about it, but it's just about these people that you like no. and in space and uh, the situation now, kind of stuff. Now, everything in this, everything in this is, is grounded. Like, it's scary in the sense of, yeah, holy shit, the man is out in space and trapped and he had to solve problems while bullshit going on and anybody else 
with a fucking panic and most likely die. Like right. guys won't make guys won't make you know Neil Armstrong so qualified and whatnot. But there a lot of other people who also very qualified and they die in other really accidental, unfortunate situations. Mm-hmm. And the movie doesn't really make a case for providence or anything like that. It just says, look, a lot of this is just luck and it's happenstance and it's not destiny or any kind of nonsense like that. It doesn't even come close to romanticizing the situations at all. And I never really at least got that from it. Um, the ending is quite touching. I, I do give props to that. What what they do with the ending? Um, because it, it come, the narrative comes back full circle, but it's still I don't know. It's still just do flow and gel the way it should have. I don't know if it could get edited a little better, or if I, if it could cut shave off some stuff, so you know at least it could keep the narrative fresh in your mind going forward. And I right. show, I get, the movie was the movie did, did feel long, yeah? so I get the feeling that it could have shave a fifteen minutes, and it might have work or flow a little better. I don't know. But that's how I felt watching it. It's like, yes, this for me, but I can see a lot of people not caring for this. Um, but that's about it. I, you know, I do recommend it. I like it a lot. It actually might make a best of the year um, in the list. Um, but that's just my personal list kind of thing. All right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Well, I, I don't know if I'll, if I'll be grateful enough to um, see it on the big screen. But uh, when it does come out eventually on home media, I'll, I'll give it a look. Because... I really like David Chazelle, and you know, I, I just like his ambition and what he puts into movies, to his to his movies. Sorry, so I was really curious for this one, um, but I kind of not surprised that you know not many people would actually like it or understand it. I guess, but uh, whatever. All right, so moving on now, um, I will talk about um, well, Castlevania season two. Uh, finally, got the chance to to watch out the um, eight episodes of uh, season two, um, and. I'll just jump in one time, right? So this follows right after, you know, the four episode, yeah, four episode um first season, where basically we were introduced to um to Count Dracula. Well in this case, um Vlad Dracula Tepes and you know his his crusade against humanity after his wife was um well mercilessly burnt at the stake by you know by the um Catholic Church of this particular yeah. town called Wallachia. Yeah, this particular like com- um town or city or whatever you want to call it right um so in that season we were introduced to trevor belmont who was voiced by richard armitage or armitage whatever you want to call it uh we were also introduced to cypher uh, belnades who is uh one well the female uh, member of this group called the speakers their job is just uh, more or less kind of collect historical you know aspects and this more or less they, they are the orators when it comes to like history at that time now, and they know a lot about you know his uh, magic and history and all that kind of stuff right and then we also introduced to um alucard right who well we learned at the very end was the son of um of of um vlad dracula and his wife and he was pretty much like asleep in um well in this particular castle and yeah you know just just uh well just basically him um being this legend, uh, I think they call him the the sleeping warrior or something like that, right? And it's just the three of them kind of banding together to stop um, Vlad and his uh, demonic forces. So we continue now with season two. Um, I love how it opens, by the way, where um, like similar to season one, we get a little flashback now involving uh, Vlad's wife. Um, I love yeah. where love where basically the same old woman from season one shows up. So you know it kind of ties in together where you know after her death. She was one of the one who spoke out about, you know, what the church did and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, really, really tragic how that, that flashback ends. But it really adds a lot emotionally to what's going on with Vlad. Because, yes, right now, you know, a year has passed. Um, he was, you know, his, his minions were thwarted by, by Trevor and whatnot. But still, 
he's he's banning his um his forces now to you know just wipe out humanity in that area. Um, he has aligned himself with some vampire generals, and even some of those generals get some some backstories, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, didn't expect it. Um, and there's also these two guys that are um, involved as well, um, Hector and Isaac, and. Yeah. For reasons yeah, which I will not get into, they, they hate humanity and they just don't mind seeing humanity being wiped out by these vampires. And uh, we also are introduced to, um, to a female vampire by the name of Camilla. She is part of Dracula's War Council, but she has like these like particular designs and because she kind of picks up on the fact that Dracula just kind of doing it. She, she can't, in, in her head, it's kind of like, she assumes that he's just doing it all because, you know, his wife got burned to the stake and that's it, you know? Like, he's not seeing the grand picture. So she, she's just trying to kind of figure things out and basically just waiting for, for uh, opportunity, just, you know, take advantage, uh, take control of what's going on and then just really right. unleash hell now, you know? Um, while all this is going on, um, of course, Trevor, Alucard and Cypher, you know, they have to um, go back to um, Trevor's family's um, castle with the Belmonts actually castle to acquire some weapons that you know p- pretty much they could use to defeat these um these creatures and just one thing we see next is just basically our three heroes going up against um you know Vlad and his minions but um just jumping into my thoughts here um first off what caught me by surprise and what I what I really ended up appreciating though was the time spent on character development yeah like, there's a lot of character I, development I I dug this a lot because it, it did the game a thrones thing now. Like, yes, it yes, yes. Like, um, good, good, good reference here because I, I was really thinking this is this is clearly influenced by Game of Thrones, but the style yeah. of it, the way how they talk amongst each other, you know, um, the crass attitude amongst each other, those things. It's very, right. very Game yeah, of Thrones. It, it did a lot of dialogue, style deconstruction. You know, it, you know, these cynical ass characters, you know, bouncing off each other and playing, playing power, power dynamics. Yes, um, yes. Especially, especially um, well, they, they have a really cool character, which I didn't like how they kill him off, but I, I, I like that character in general. That was, um, I forget his name, the Viking. Oh, Godbrand. Godbrand, right. That's the yeah. yeah. Yeah, that dude was... I don't know, like, he, he was cool, but, like, real douchey, but, like, at the same time, I was like, all right, uh, something about this guy, just so about, uh, like, I don't like what he does, but... I yeah, like he, his snackiness. He, he, vampires, you know, but he worked as a character so well in, in this context, now. Yeah, and I got where he was coming from. Where it's basically like you know he's thinking from like you know he's thinking into the waters. Like all right, these are our enemies. We have to stop them. Why are we why are we spending so much time figuring out X, Y, and Z? Let like, me just go and wipe them out. Now, you know what I mean? So I, I got where he was coming from. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I really did did like the the character dynamics um amongst well and and of course the the dialogue and the conversations amongst them. Uh, for some people, I know that might be a turn off. Like some people might get bored by it. You know, especially those who, of course, you know, you're looking at something like Castlevania, seeing adult animated series and thinking, all right, you have to have like tons of action and tons of blood and go and whatnot. But not yeah. this is not have the case here, you know? Not, yes, no, like, it's clear, yeah, but it's not I got too that. much. Yeah, yeah, you got that, but that is, it's not like overbearing. It's not so like. It, 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 balances itself because, it balances itself because you see, action, the problem is that, you know, a lot of people don't get the purpose of action. The purpose of action is, is in itself a character put down, a character situation. A yes. lot of people don't get um, It's actually quite shocking you know, most people don't get that. I mean, you have people like Michael Bay who really don't get that. But, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, but in the case of this, I thought, I thought it did a great job of just setting up. All the action made sense in the context. Like, all the, yes. the fighting, why it is that these characters are doing what they're doing. Um, 
I actually enjoyed a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. Um, what else? The the voice acting, just like season one, is strong throughout. Uh, Richard Armitage, uh, Matt Frewer, T.O. James, yeah. Peter Stormare, who plays Godbrand. I mean, the voice acting in this is just top notch, in my opinion. Like they feel like thanks to the, to the voice actors, like they make these characters feel so real now. You know, so yeah. like you know, I don't want to say multi dimensional, but it gives them that extra oh, dimension yeah. for us to well, like understand well, and care about them. Yeah, it wasn't too too deep, you know, given the, the limited limited amount of time they had to work with. But I thought it was good enough, you know, just enough to, for you to say, okay, I get who is this, I get who is this. You know, the last Castlevania severely suffered because there was way too little um, time to get, you know, get used to these characters. And and, and yes. in my opinion, right for me, to, um, you know, eight episodes is perfect, you know, for, yeah, for this yeah, kind totally of, agree. Um, yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, and of course we made our argument of well, this was supposed to be a twelve episodes anyway. So you know, it's been, yeah. It's been, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe if you look at it, yeah, it, it does. Feel, it it should this like one and two should have just been a full season. You know, it it would have worked out fine because actually, like, um, I just re rewatched the first season. It was easy enough, and then jump straight into season two and just flowed. You know, naturally. Yeah. Exactly. It felt like they doesn't have a chance to finish. Uh, they didn't have a chance to finish what they wanted to do anyway. I mean, look, animation is expensive and time and time costly and costly. And you know, the, yeah, you know, they get a chance to finish their first season effectively. That's what happens. Yes, uh, that's um, why I look at it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so one of the things really season one. But right. yeah, I thought they did a great job of, of well, lack of a better term, humanizing <laughs> um, these yeah. characters. Uh, Even every the characters character. that that they generally hate, like um, like I I wanted to side with Camilla, but um, there's some stuff that she does, especially like in the final episode. Where I was like, all right, I I just like straight up hate you right now, <laughs> but oh, yeah, she, she I was, get where you're coming from. Yeah, they had an outright villainous, you know. She's making a good point from a utility standpoint, but yeah, she was, she was a bad girl. Um, the, but it made everybody work, especially the two, the two misanthropic human characters. I thought those yes, characters I, were great. I, I, Isaac and, and Hector. Yeah, yeah, and what I liked about it is that they did it in the context of, you know, medieval, a medieval world. It's like, yeah, if you, if you had black skin in Europe, yeah, probably was, that shit was going to happen to you. Like, it had people used to do all kind of weird shit to you, you know, because of witchcraft stuff now. So, hey, yeah. you know, you have asking, it might be useful for potions or some bullshit like that now. Exactly. Um, um and, and, and on the subject of that, I, I also I, I felt that Isaac's um arc was, was stronger than Hector. Like I got where Hector was coming from, but he was just more of that naive kind of character. Right. And it's just unfortunate what happens to him, that's all I'll say. But uh with Isaac though, because he just so he has a strong will and especially with him siding with Dracula is just like I right. will I will fight for you, I will die for you, that kind of thing. You believe it, yeah. you want to understand you know, his backstory, where he comes from, you know? Right. Although, I'm not going to spoil, I'm going to spoil what happens to him, but I'll say is, why, why, why do you have the Doctor Strange him for? You know? No, but I... <laughs> it, it, I it's Doctor Strange's <laughs> like, come I on. Thought, <laughs> I thought that worked well from, from Dracula's perspective, because, you know, again, the, the character who they surprised me, I surprised that they made the most human was, well, Dracula himself. Holy shit, yes, he had such yes, a great yes. arc for this season. Yeah. Um, you and know, even though and he wasn't like 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 um a hundred percent strong, you know, because he wasn't right, feeding it, actually. It, I don't it, think we have seen him feed in this season actually. I don't think so. Right. But yeah, but even even still, he still had that presence. And like I said, you know, because his character was well fleshed out, you know, you cared about him. He actually understood where he was coming from. As even worse now, like uh, when he you know he, um he confronts his son. Actually, not gonna spoil it beyond that, but their confrontation though was one of the the best moments of this whole season. Bar none. Um, yeah. I love what he did with, with Alucard as well. Like, I understood where he was coming from as well. You know, him, his reluctance 
his reluctant um his being so reluctant to, to help um Trevor and, and Cypher. But yeah. at the same time, it's deeper than oh well my father's bad, I don't want to stop him because he's bad. This this Leah said. Yeah. Um I they, they give everybody a good arc. Um yeah, Alucard's arc works. Um I, I didn't care for Alucard back here. I, I get the whole point of his character anyway. He's supposed to be a douche. But and I think they don't spend enough time, but again, only eight episodes, however, um, on that him being too sympathetic. But you, you know enough to, to accept the information anyway. Um, I yeah. thought we would have got more Belmont stuff, but we only got the morning star, which was pretty fucking awesome. Um, oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what they just did a little nice a bunch of nice little great callbacks to the games and the franchise. So they uh, yes. most yeah, of even the like, little musical section and all too. Music, like, oh, that's, yes, that's for the game. Song, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yes. Yeah, musical song from the from the Super Nintendo games, and I was like, oh well wood. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, I dug this a lot. I mean, it's not too much to talk about, talk about because it's just a straightforward arc for what it did. Um, but because two things. One, it just gave enough um character motivation stuff to build up these characters and have you enjoy them. Two, I thought the animation was pretty awesome and outside. It was, it was, it was. A couple of moments where you know they, 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 they you know, like they, they kind of slip, like quality just kind of dip a little bit, especially like with the with the um fight scenes in the airport, but nothing too serious yeah, yeah, to they, get out of the show. They skipped some frames, but um, uh, I thought the action was great, like the justification for why characters, how they fought, what they was doing, um, all the spell stuff was cool. All the again when you won and start got into action, it's like yeah, that, that kicked a lot of ass. Um, oh yeah, it did, it did. And then, and then uh, you get to see Alucard in action, which I really love, especially that last sequence with him um, involving a sword and wolf mode. It was a yes. badass. Yes, um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I just I just thought it just did enough for me to enjoy this. It, it was it was short and sweet, just enough. Yeah, not and, too much. and straight and to the point, you know. Yeah, but say it's welcome. It had a simple plot. You know, it continued straight from, from the events of, of uh, episode four from, from last season. And I was like, all right, perfect. I love this. I'm going to give it a really high score. Nine out of ten. All right. Well, I would give it a light four to five. Um, I, I really I really dug the season here. If I just have, like, one gripe, like, I, w- I don't want to call it a major gripe, but it's not minor neither. It's just somewhere in the middle. Is that similar to season one, um, it does feel like first half is heavy on exposition while the second half is where things start to get intense and you get more action and more violence. It, it feels very similar but then in this case because it's episodes yeah it does feel like the first four episodes are just like set up and building of tension and then the other four is just when things you know just go awry now you know and for some people it'll be like alright um, kind of want to see some action why are they still talking you know what I mean that's why, that's why I use the Game of Thrones reference because even them do the same um, have that same style as well like we're not saying that yeah. the first half nothing happens stuff does happen but just like with game of thrones the real stuff takes place in the second half right once you get the characters and the motivations all that kind of stuff but all that aside though um story is still the story is still well written characters are well fleshed out animation is on point music by the way by trevor morris excellent across the board um so yeah like four to five for me i totally dug this i want to see what they do next with um with, with season three Seeing how you know this season's uh, where where they stopped at now, I'm really curious to see uh, where it goes from there. But yeah, this is this is solid business. I uh, um yeah, highly recommend that you check out Castlevania season two. Yeah. All right. So on the flip side of that, now kind of, uh, now we'll talk about Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Boy. Uh, you got around to see any whole uh, watch on the whole series, or you didn't finish it? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. No, well, uh, you you wanna fill us in on what it's about? 
Right, yeah, so it's it's basically well this is a is this a proper spin-off to, to Riverdale? I not too clear if it was. I it is, right? No, but um I do see this well, I I'm I'm I could easily assume, I should say, that um, right. this is a companion it's, series it's, to Riverdale. So they, got, right. they may do some crossover right. at some point in time. I mean, they've, they've done it in the comics before, right? So why they can't do it in live action? No, no, no yeah, she's, she's, a, she's an Archie character. She's effectively yeah. Archie character, right? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, basically, you have this character, Sabrina Sprellman. She is uh, half, quote-unquote, mortal, half witch. Uh-huh. And she basically have to well she has to go through something in the, in the beginning of the story where it's involving her birthday and a little signing of a certain contract with a certain someone certain uh-huh. dark lord and uh-huh. basically just her misadventures in and around the, witch, the wizarding world or the witching world and the mortal world and her yeah. clashing and i, I, what I, I would call it the witching world and anything else that's so much wizard well yeah yeah and whatever what the yeah the harry potter harry potter shit, yeah and what they do quite well uh is a they basically strike the tone, and B, they do a lot of great subtexts involving rituals and religion and yes, history, yes. and they do a good job with a lot of that. Like why it is you doing what? Because so not it's subversive, but not in the way you think. Because it's it's Agreed, a lot yeah. of this, a lot of stuff that you think is subversive is just in your face distraction about what they're trying to talk about here. Um, yeah. Sabrina's a great character, and the actress who plays her is excellent. This, oh yes, I yeah, thought, definitely. I thought, they, first, I thought they nailed this. They nailed the aesthetic. They nailed the tone. Um, you know, in terms of just balancing it. Because I, I was a, somewhat of a fan of the old sitcom. The first sitcom was just funny and, you know, tongue and cheek. This one goes right. really dark, switches back quite well, in my opinion. And then they get um, a great, great cast of characters who have great chemistry with each other and bounce off each other quite well. Everybody's good in this. Zelda yeah. and Hilda, they're great. Um, Ambrose, he's great. Um, yeah. The both principals of both schools, they're great. Um, the uh, uh, Harvey, he's great. Uh, yeah, Harvey's yeah. Harvey's good. Harvey's great. I should say. Yeah. He has, uh, the three twin, well, the three triplet sisters. I forget their names. Um, they're oh, great. Them. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, the weird sisters actually. Weird I, I, I kind of got the if you remember this movie from '96, The Craft. I got the that craft, that right. vibe from them, especially. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a slow motion shot of them walking to, towards the camera, very I, much I, like that show. You know, the, the the craft, yeah. A total play on that. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and then the, the, the central message of it is about you know, kind of trying to be independent and and being skeptical and why why it works quite well in terms of the story. Um, that's why a lot of that I got because it does a lot of social justice stuff, especially on the mortal side of things. Um, involving characters, this character might be transgender or, or mixed this, or this character might be that and suffering from that, and then you have a lot of censorship in this little small podong tongue in Massachusetts, right? Mm-hmm. And you know they make it. I thought they made this work in terms of like what the plot was, who was doing what, especially this great re- re- um, recurring character by the uh, the mother of demons. She was great. Yes. Um, what they did with that and. Yeah, I just I just thought they, they, they knocked this out of the park. Everything was from set design, special effects. Um, you know, it's like a really I don't know what the budget for this was like. Yeah, holy shit, they spend their money. It looked good. You know. And yeah, yeah. This is, this is a very 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 good looking um, show for sure. Well shot um, production, and it doesn't it doesn't feel this gritty realism to anything. It's 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 not. It's kind of it's dark, but it's not gritty dark. It just yeah. does. It's, it. it's spooky, but it's not scary at I, all. Exactly, and it does enough to make you enjoy what it works. Um, 
you know, it, well, we'll, we'll probably have to talk about this, but um, the show, the new show on, on DC thing, um, Titans kind of does is doing the same thing for me as well, where it's dark and trying to be dark, but not too, it's not coming across as clumsy and, and, and edgy. That's what I should say. Right. It's not okay. going to be too and trying to, it's shocking here, but shocking here in a clever way. And it's yeah. still tongue in cheek and it's still funny and it's still charming in its own way. Um, but they, they make it work. I dug the hell out of this. All right. Well, I'm actually surprised to hear that from you. Uh, because for one thing, well, for me, this, this generally for me, um, really enjoyed it, but I didn't love it as much as, as, I, as I wanted to. But this is the bad thing, right? Um, so just to get the flaws out of the way. These are just minor flaws, by the way, but just a little personal nitpicks for me. Um, I know I keep saying this for, for, for with, with Netflix shows. I, I kind of feel like, you know, I just like like a broken record right now. But sometimes, you know, just the length of these episodes could get to you. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, these, these, uh, only like yeah. a few of these episodes clock in like about like a full hour or hour and three minutes. Some of them yeah. clock in like about 50 minutes or so. There's, I, th- I think there's actually one that is like under 50 minutes. But, yeah, yeah the, the, the length of these episodes do get to you. They do get to you. Right. Um, I, I which makes binging it, which I tried to do, but it didn't quite work out as well. <laughs> like, I actually well, got really, like, exhausted out, like, near the end. So I had to take a little right. break and then come back the next day to finish it up. No, no, um, no. For me, I didn't, I didn't binge it. I was like, I think I just did. That's what I was saying. I did five and then five. I think I was watching it enough. I think I no. I think I did five, three, two. I was like, okay, okay. let me just pick this eventually. But no, yeah, it, I should have done that. I should have done that. Uh, this could have probably be a little shorter, maybe. I'm not sure because they had a, a whole episode dedicated to stuff that wasn't to the central plot. But you get why it was there and it was fun. Like it had a whole episode involving um a dreamscape. But yeah. that, that, that was cool, that, but we really didn't add anything to the full to me, story. Yeah, I, yeah. I cut that whole episode, but it was still a cool episode. It's just still very clever, well, well written. Um, and it had a, it had a cool scenario. So yeah. I, I still enjoyed it. But yeah, you could have probably cut that episode if, if, you, if you wanted to, to, to keep everything bare bones and have it flow better. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. stuff like for likes, I don't really have a big issue with it. Right. Um, um, and you think as well for me, like, you know, these episodes really work as, as our long stuff. Like, you would take. All right, so since you're trying to do like your version of the the old series from the '90s, which is kind of true and kind of not true, um, you think they will go yeah. for like a half-hour format? It's like, nah, this thing actually works as a full, you know, hour-long episode. It's just that, you know, if you try to binge it, it will be uh, it will be challenging to you just because well, of know, time big, ones. Big, Again, the medium does dictate, unfortunately, you know, the phenomenon. So you know, I can understand why it is it it's it's the length it is because. You know, Netflix demands whatever viewing time for whatever person, blah blah blah, right? Yeah. Um, stuff like that. That is why you, you get the feeling it's designed like that. It have this real awkward feel to the the timing. You ever notice that? Yeah, because it's it's about running it straight through. They are assuming these numbers now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Stuff like that. Now, especially when you're making stuff. I remember having an argument with somebody. I'm not gonna name the name, but they're pretty high up in film, and they. Try to shut me down by saying, "Oh no, TV shows need to be blah blah blah." And I was like, "Yeah, no, we're not in the, we're not in the 20th century anymore. We're in the 21st century. My product is this length because of that." Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I know I, I think I'm being validated by seeing how the nature of the show is. Like, no, I wonder if that person misses commercial breaks or wishes that there were commercial breaks I in Netflix shows idea. or something. I have no idea <laughs> because that's the whole point: is that no, it's not supposed to be this length. It's supposed to be that length, and it works better at that length. So I remember arguing. The person was telling me, no, your show needs to be 20s. I forget what it was. We said something along the lines of 26 minutes 
or 24 minutes or something like that. I was like, no, 32 minutes is, is thing because I'm not, I don't really care about that. Who cares? 32 minutes, he's saying it's awkward and so on. So it's like, no, bro, that, that TV network shit do exist anymore. I have no intention to put my stuff on that if that is the plan, right? You know, I, I've right. never do that. I'm living in, it's, it's not 1994, right? Um, so stuff like that, I, again, I, you know, I, I'm validated with seeing you know, the nature of Netflix. Is. Now, I have no idea how long Netflix will last or blah, 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 but you get the point, right? All these shows yeah. are designed to do this shit. And it's, that's why I don't really have a problem with the length, but it does feel a bit clumsy and awkward given the length. I will, I will concede to that. Yeah, um, or, or, or like, like you're right, because there are some, some episodes or like some scenes right. that kind of feel like padding, like, you know, you just stretch right. this out because we need to hit this particular time frame right. and then we Thank cut you. the credits, you know? Yeah, and, yes. that's, um, what, and that's, that's along the lines I was thinking. It's like, no, you're, you're not necessarily a slave to your quote-unquote trees. The fashion's not that bullshit. Sorry, yeah, you live in and, world. and 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 because of that, you know, there's 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 lots of subplots going on, and sometimes they tend to be a little overwhelming because you know you're yeah, trying to keep up with everything, you know. But yeah, and then there was there was even a couple of 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 little things that happened. Not gonna see which episode, but a couple of little plot points that happened, but that they never really follow up. So uh, a couple of yeah. like relationships that don't really, right. they just kind of rush, but, you know. I mean, just kind of happen just like, because. Of that. Yeah, everything. Every time I see stuff like that, I will, I will just um. Just assume they have, you know, have it ready for season two. Just don't take too long to, to address it. Um, yeah, but although by the time that, that second season comes, I'll probably forget those things yeah, happen, exactly. but whatever. Right. Yeah, um, and, they, and another, they, sorry, continue. Yeah, no, they will bring it up and I'll be like, oh yeah, right, this was that is something they talked about, okay. Yeah, because um, we're not in the 90s anymore, so they're not going to do previously on, you know, they're not nah. going to do that. You'll hopefully have the opportunity to go and rewatch it anyway, so whatever. That, just make these assumptions if you're a big enough fan. Exactly. Um, um, all right, I, I'll, I'll, I just have a couple of small nitpicks. It's not a big issue. It. I okay. just couldn't understand. I couldn't understand why it is that Zelda was American and Hilda was British, and they said they they grew up. With, they didn't say they grew up with each other. Why it is that one was so British and the other was basically an American? Couldn't follow that. I, I know, right? Oh, by the way, the, yeah. the, the, the chick who plays um who plays Hilda, right? One over one. Sorry. Hello. Yeah, one over yeah. one. She was from one. Yeah. Right, uh, but I also remember her from uh, from Shorty Dead. Like I was watching the face, I was I, I, watching the, I was hearing the voice. Like, oh, you from you 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 was um what's the face's friend from from Shorty Dead? Right, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that's a couple of British actors, uh, but I just couldn't follow why it is that because the thing is, I keep thinking, oh, they met each other late in life, right, and they grew up separate. It's like no, they grew up with each other, they went to school with each other. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What I don't, I couldn't follow that. Right, and, and also, and also the actress who plays um who plays Zelda um I was recognizing her face. I was like, all right, yes, she's Ewen from um Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and yeah, yeah, King. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, right. Oh yeah, yeah. They, you know, they they got a good bunch of cast. I'll say the show really stood out and was and, and lent to the strength of the main the main actress. Um, of course, Sabrina um, Kuhn uh, and Shipka, I believe that's what I was saying. She owns that performance. Yeah. She she <laughs> makes the show. Um. I love uh, her conviction, like when she, because yes. I have lots of moments where she has to start to authority, question things, you know, be angry, yeah. be a little bit aggressive, be a little naughty, you know, be a little, you know, right. um, crap, if nailed, you will, but it works. Yeah, the nail, she nailed the, the part, um, I, this is coming from a Melissa Joan Hart fan, you know, she, I like Melissa Joan Hart since the days of Colorista on Nickelodeon, right? And right. I thought she, this girl, she looked the part, the, the, I mean, it's, it's in my opinion, next to perfect casting. I mean, yes. I really can't complain yes. about that. And yes. yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this for what it did. It, it had a great arc. It ended up great. Um, what it did at the end, and I really enjoyed that. 
Um, yeah. I, um, but, but, but you said the was right? You said you had a couple of nitpicks. No, that was the only nitpick, the, the, oh, the Zelda okay. hit. Like, that right. was it. Well, well, well. Um, well, sorry to cut you, but but my my second nitpick. Um, once again, this is just minor, little personal. Is that you know because we're so used to the style of you know um, once one season telling one full story, one full story arc, and you do get that. But because it's adventures, you know, there's different little things that happen with Sabrina, and then at times you kind of take it. All right, is this gonna lead to something? And sometimes it does. Other times it's just like you know. Um, standalone episodes if you will like like that dream sequence um episode for example like you take it that everything that happens to her in the season is gonna lead to something grander but it's right. not really it's just like you say like in the title you know adventures or misadventures as you said you know right. just things happen but they lead to a particular point and then yeah, oh this is really what it's about that you get that thing yeah. like the last but couple of episodes that yeah, most of that stuff is just world building from my perspective it's like oh okay it have a demon that could do that and it have a creature that could do this and that's possible. Yeah, and, and these are rules that you play and all that kind of stuff. Um, right, but but, but now for the for the positive, right? Before we get to read it, um, I do agree with you. I love the the subversive the subversiveness of the show. It's not too yeah. in your face though, but it's like at first it kind of catches you off guard, like you know the pre seat and stuff. That I know a lot of so, you know that, a, a lot of people might, might get a little like um, angry about, no, but it's no, no, the context of it. It makes sense. The pre seat and stuff is not the subversive part. That's just that to me was the distraction. Is later ah. on when Sabrina started um, questioning ideas and beliefs from the yeah. other side. Um, especially, well, around episode, I think it's seven, I think. It had something important that a character had to do. And you got the same, you know, it's the same thing, but in a different form. It's just the other side of the oh, same Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, no, I see like that. Because yeah. it's real. What, why it works is that it's real skepticism. And they, they, that is what they really slip into the story. Of, yeah. of how to be dependent and how to be skeptical in terms of thinking. Um, yeah, and and yeah, you're right. I, I I love how Sabrina questions things. She doesn't if she doesn't uh, if she finds doesn't make any sense, she's gonna call it out. I like how like the adults will real try to play as if, well, you know, this is the rules. This is what the Dark Lord said. Blah 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 blah. But you know, you you put you, you kind of try to call them out on on them not knowing anything and like, oh well, you know, uh uh, you know, they don't know what to say there. But it's true. They just following rules. You know, basically. Um. So so I love that. You know. So even if. Like, you're not supposed to, like, buy into all the satanic stuff in it. It's just, you know, just a, a kind of commentary or a satire, if you will, about right. this religion in general, you know what I mean? Um, right. which, which brings me to one thing, which, which kind of had me laughing. Right. So remember in the, the, um, the, uh, the witch uh, college, if you will, there's a statue right. we have of uh, Baphomet. So right, apparently, yeah, the, the real like the satanic temple, the activists end up suing them for the use of it now because like a direct copy of it now, like um, a direct like you know remaking of it now, like okay, but yeah. um, I I know okay, it's, okay, it's, it's, it's inaccurate and derogatory to them. I'm like I, whatever. <laughs> I don't care because it's like whatever. It's like dicey wool. Um, yeah, exactly. And and well, this one last thing I want to say before we get to you, uh, I love how brave they, they go into this world. They don't dumb it down. They don't make it all yeah. loony and crazy. It's dark, but not too dark that kind of takes you out the show and take make it take it. Oh, you, you're trying to like convert people to this way of belief and whatnot. No, it's just like no, you know, like yeah. like Harry Potter. No way. It's like the, right. these people in this different like mental spe- and religious spectrum. This is what they believe in. We just kind of watch it and accept that you know what i mean they're like we the viewers have to follow what they're doing you know what i mean it's 
like you know, in, in other words, it's not treating the audience like they're stupid, like they're like they're sheep or whatever it is. Now, it's this is how this is how this world is. Take it as it is, right? Don't dig too deep and play like this show is supposed to make you believe what they believe. Like that's not what the point of the show is, anyway. You know. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say the second nitpick I had, if I thought the certain situations could have played itself a little, little differently in terms of, remember, they had all these little reprimands and whatnot against the family, and I find that was a little weird in terms of, like, in terms of, like, playing out um, what's going on there now. Like, okay, yeah. they get this, that, or the other, how come they didn't do this that way now? Like, if, if they're supposed to be reprimanded and this is, like, yeah, why didn't they just do this like that? Um, right, right, right. That, but you just feel like they just do that just to kind of pad the story out. So and, yeah, exactly. somehow like, Sabrina wait, will I, find a way and you know save the day or night or whatever. That character's not being punished for the things that they apparently supposed to be punished for, and they yeah. just treat it as a thing, and they just keep mentioning it. Like okay, uh, one of the characters is apparently excommunicated from the quote-unquote church of the night. Yes. Like all right, cool, but they never like that never become a thing. Or they had. In the beginning, when they had it as a real, like you get the sense that oh, the, the church and them is a real danger now because they yeah. see the house away. And like, no, they they just they still talk to them good like normal. Like, I know, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. It's just like they like it, it literally does feel like they don't take things all that seriously, though. Even though right, it's the church of the night, though, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, um, um I, I, but I love the world building nonetheless. Though there are some rules that kind of don't play all the way you expect them, or kind of don't make too like I, would, I don't want to say don't make too much sense but they just could kind of tweak it just a little bit so it kind of makes sense but um other than that though um performances are, are great especially um Kunan. um she is a shining star here like i just want to see her stand more comedies and dramas and such and she she's the truth she's the truth she is sabrina spellman i mean i'm not saying this as somebody who used to watch the old show because i never did right. um but just her conviction this is what she puts in that performance is yeah. you know they're perfect in my opinion um the side characters are great as well um i really um gosh uh gil plays Rosalind. um jazz sinclair thought she was great um her other two friends well there was um harvey you know great love interest as well i love the the art yeah, they gave him especially with him learning about you know yes sabrina being this witch and it plays out the way i expected to although Little subplot with him and his brother could have played out a little bit better. That's all I would say. Um, right. Chico plays Prudence Knight. Liked her. I really liked yes. her. She has a great on-screen, you know, charm. I don't know, but I swear I see you on another show already, though. I'm not too sure, but yeah. Um, gosh, the guy who plays um, George, um, Brunson Pinchot. I thought he was great as well. <laughs> Just yeah. being that. Oh, yes. And of course, uh, I, I have to give credit with credit to Michelle Gomez, who plays. Mary Wardwell, round of applause. Um, not right. only did she look hot, but <laughs> she, you did buy into her being this kind of manipulative, witchy character, you know what I mean? So I love what she brought to the table here. Although I kind of didn't like what they did in the end where she right. made the ultimate reveal. Is, but that, is that exact? Is that so much she revealed itself, but who she revealed it to? I was like, well, why, yeah, why is this the, it, right. it, it, and that's uh, why well, one last thing because I say I find that they kind of rush the ending, even though the episode is like what um I want uh, I want three minutes. I find they just kind of right. rush like the last ten minutes though, uh, which is a shame. I know they, they set them for a second season, but they could have just kind of even things out a bit more. So I'll be like, okay, all right, I get this now. This all makes sense from um episode one to here instead of just rushing things. But other than that, um, 
like I say, didn't love it as much as I wanted to. It um, just because of the length, and because I attempted to binge it, um, it did kind of overwhelming. You know, just all these stuffers going on, but it is still entertaining throughout. Um, cinematography, the music, you know, just the way how, just the aesthetic of it, this spooky Halloweenish vibe to everything. You know, it works without going totally scary and you know being all like. You know, disturbing and whatnot. You know, it's spooky stuff. You you go in, you have fun. You know, what I mean, just look at the subtext. Yeah, and you you know, it's it's the the, the subtext is, is really what makes the whole show work, and that's what caught me completely by surprise. I just thought it's gonna be this dark, weird, twisted stuff, but the subtext stuff, especially with the church and I think you know, really made it um really made it special. You know, very very yeah. different in my opinion. Um, so rating wise, I would give this a strong three and a half, a very light four. Um, right. Didn't love it as much as I wanted I, to, but um, um, I, I really did. I, I really am impressed by what I saw here. And um, yeah. while I'm not too excited to see what season two has to offer, I I just can't wait. I I I personally just want to see more of this world. I want to see more of Sabrina. I want to see more of Conan just be a great actress. You know what I mean? I I just want to see more of this world because yes, this this first season opened me up to this world. Took a while for me to get used to it, but like now I just want to see more of it. So yeah, I'm I'm eagerly anticipating the, the, the second season here. So um what 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 be your rating? Yeah, I give it like a, a, a you know seven out of ten, maybe a kind of eight out of ten probably. Um yeah, like a high seven, low eight. Um it does have its problems, it still have its little wonkiness because it does have a CW vibe to everything. Um but again I, I kinda just assume it's it's Riverdale anyway, so whatever. Yeah, um, which reminds me, I really I, need to watch Riverdale though. Like, like that's one thing. This show kind of motivates me to actually check out Riverdale. It's not like I didn't right. want to, but I, I, just didn't get around to it. Personally, I never really get into it. I don't really know anybody who really into it, so it's like whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I just heard that concept. Why it's just so over the top and just weird that it right. has this kind of weirdness that just make you want to watch more now. Like, just making this kind of dark, twisted, nourish twists on um on archie and stuff right. like makes no sense but something about it makes people watch it apparently so yeah yeah um yeah that's about it i i just couldn't i don't really have any issues going forward with this i no major major issues just a couple of things that didn't really point over the top for me but uh yeah i just really like this not really much else to see right so we stick with netflix just for one last time now so now we're gonna talk about a movie that um Honestly, I didn't even know about until the day it came out, which was uh, Friday. Um, the time is well, last Friday time is recording. Um, this yeah. is called Outlaw King. This is the latest feature film from director David McKenzie. Um, as you said in the beginning, he is the guy who directed the excellent Hello High Water, which um, I believe was your favorite movie of 2016. In my case, it was like second or third. I think it was. Yeah. Right, yeah. but um, we, we, we both loved and praised that movie, um, you know, from right into direction. Even what they do with yeah. Chris Pine and all, you know, like really convincing me. Like, hey, Chris that's Pine is excellent, John. Yeah, that's why. Like, like, like he had no pretty boy. He's he not just yeah, a pretty never, boy, but the man could really yeah, act. I never hated him. I never hated him, but I thought he was always underwhelmed as Kirkman because he never really got into the room. He just felt like generic, generic guy, you know, playing. Right, Kirkman. right, right. Yeah. After, Shatner put his stamp on you, and he never even attempted to do that with all three of those movies. Now. So, um, I, well, at the point of the, it would have been the second movie, but yeah. And then when he came in Hello, I just absolutely love what it did with him. Like, I, of this course, is way yeah. out of the Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, 
didn't have that much expectations for it though. Didn't really know much about it. But um, it's just rated that 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 caught my surprise. Like you know, it's rated R. It's a medieval film, so you know they were just talking about you know scenes of brutal violence, blah 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 blah. So I was like, all right, Netflix. Okay, just the other day you reviewed that um, that Indonesian film, and I was like, all right, so Netflix be a little bit edgy though with the content. Okay, not not new, but let's see what they have to offer. Um, so. For a jump to the story here, um, I read up on RogerEber.com that it actually premiered at the at TIFF, um, well, this year, uh-huh. September 6th. And if I'm not mistaken, there, there was like a longer cut to this, and they just had to uh-huh. kind of trim it down for, for Netflix purposes, I guess. Don't really do anything beyond that, but yeah. So, uh, basically, this this movie is basically like what happened after Braveheart. Because it okay. centers on the character of Robert Bruce. If you remember his character from Braveheart, you know, that one guy who just didn't want to align himself with William Wallace when, you know, he fighting against uh, King Edward at the time, right? And, you know, right. it's, it's when William Wallace actually died and, you know, his his, his uh, limbs were, you know, uh, cut off and, you know, sent to the four quarters of England and blah, 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 blah. Hey, That's where he got motivated. It was like, all right, cool. Now we got to fight this bastard. So, you know, I, I don't know. Like, while I was just watching this show, I was like, oh, God, but... Ah, Bra- Bra- Braveheart is just such a great movie, Jed. So, uh, but anyway, so this story centers on Robert Bruce, right? Who is played by Chris Pine. Uh, as the story begins, we see, uh, well, because of uh, Robert's father, uh, these three, well, yeah, well, him and a couple other guys basically surrender to, you know, King Edward the right? You know, they uh all their, their lands and whatnot belong to him now, all their forces and whatnot. And basically, it was Bruce's father who kind of just set the whole thing up. But this, it was just basically to, to bring peace to, to the land. And around that time, you know, William Wallace was doing his thing. But as you see in the opening credits, he just disappeared, right? So I guess this was, I think this is a, at a point in the, in the, in the Braveheart movie where he just went to hiding, you know. He kind of retreated, if you will, and just kind of came back to, you know, wage war against, you know, the um, the British forces. So, um, yeah, so they give up all their property and armies, all that kind of stuff. Robert thinking, all right, everything is cool and whatnot. The, well, the king basically gives, uh, well, assigns, if you will, um, Elizabeth, uh, Princess Elizabeth, who's played by uh, Florence Puke, I believe that's how you pronounce the city, to, uh, to, to, to wed uh, Robert, right? So, they are married. They are sat in this life. But then later on, they learned that, yes, we nourish the point where William Wallace was killed. And, you know, his um, his head and his arms and legs were, you know, sent to, like, the four corners of of, yeah, um, of England. You know you know what happens at the very end of, of Braveheart, right? Yeah. 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 Right. So that, of course, ticks off the, the Scottish people. You know, they want to know what's going on. They want to fight. Now they... Now they now they feel that fire in their spirit. Now, now they have to go against uh, um, King Edward, right? And Robert is one of the first people to say, yes, let's do this. Uh, he aligns himself with a few other people, one of them being James Douglas, who is played by Aaron Tyler Johnson. And I'm laughing because um, okay. like, he basically just wants to kind of outshine Robert DeBru- um, sorry, Chris Pine's character. And ultimately he does, but he just outshines it by just being so over the top with his blood to see this there. Like when he's yeah. in the battlefield, he's just like over the top. Now. Like, you know, he'll just stab a man and he'll just be like, 
you will remember the name Douglas. I am Douglas. I am James Douglas. You know what I mean? Because there was a point in time where uh, one, well, one of um, Edward's men basically said, well, I don't want to hear the name Douglas ever again. So because of that, like, James is just like, well, and, and like, seemingly every time I kill a manager, I have to, I have to declare my name. There. I let my, I let the world know who I am before I basically stab this guy in the, in the chest, right? And the movie just pretty much shows uh, Robert's campaign against Edward, you know, the, the skirmishes and the duels and all that kind of stuff, right? So, I keep bringing up Braveheart because, I, I, I sorry, while I was watching the show, yes, I was reminded about the events of Braveheart. I, I wouldn't say I know everything about, you know, that period, you know, and you know, that, that's, that era of European history. But, you know, yeah. I was going back to Braveheart because I just remember certain characters and motivations all kind of stuff, right? Um, so, what I would say is, just, just to get it out of the way, um, David McKenzie, like, as far as directing goes, it's it's okay, right? It's not, you know, grand or anything like that. That really, you know, that, that really stands out too much. Uh, there's some nice overhead shots, you know I mean? It, it looks pretty good, right? Um, you, you get the, the squalor of the times and whatnot, but they, they, it is contrasted very nicely with some gorgeous imagery, you know, some exterior shots and whatnot, right? Uh, that's the only good I could say about this show. Okay, well, um, This show is kind of a disappointment, right? Let me get to the story. The story basically feels like this checklist of all right, this is a medieval film. Let's check everything that needs to happen. Okay, we need to show the bad guy doing something, and he's saying, "Okay, well, this is to bring unity to our people." So, yes, it opens with these guys surrendering, right? So they had to do that, right? Um, then you have to have the moment where you know uh, the hero has this one little moment of happiness when he marries a girl. Check. Then something uh, uh, impacts the family. Check. They're separated. Check. Now he has to fight to, 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 to return to her. Check. Then something happens to her. Check. And it's just like this checklist of all these things that you... Like, if you've seen Braveheart, if you've seen 300, if you've seen anything with, like, like old school warfare and all that, you've seen it all with this movie here. It just plays out like a checklist. And because of that, um, the film itself and the way how it's edited, God, my jeez. It just feels like it's just all these moments, right? And because you have to be versed in all this stuff, you have to know everything that happens. So like, oh yeah, I remember this is what happened in 1304 when this happened and this is what happens then. But unlike Braveheart, you don't get enough moment, you don't get enough time to let these characters breathe, to let the scene breathe, to make you really feel the weight of what's going on. It's just like, okay, this happened, check, move on. This happened, check, move on. So scenes will last for like about, about, two three minutes you know they, they, they well there is a great opening like a long take that they do yes they do a type of long take i thought that was that, that was that was cool they got a little part in the back for that but then i do from there it just feels like checklist right all right so we had a show robert with his wife check and we only get like right. two minutes of them together check because you have to move the story along and you know the, the, the movie itself clocks in about roughly two hours right i could tell that it cuts stuff on but i don't even think that the stuff that 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 was cut out really wouldn't make that much of a difference just because of the way it's told, you know? Because, because like, take Braveheart, for example. Like, you look at it, and it does not feel like a history lesson at all. It feels like this is a real situation with real characters that lived, right? And right. you get to understand what's happening, what motivated, 
you know, King Edward and, you know, Robert E. Bruce and William Wallace and all these characters. And it was time for you to laugh, time for you to cry. Like, I am one of the few people that would say the last few minutes of Braveheart will bring the bad tears out of me. Like, it is a genuinely sad moment. Like, but just, it, you don't get none of that in this movie. You don't even get any moments to really feel that weight. Things happen, yeah. it's just like, all right, well, we have to show these soldiers doing something bad, like pillage in the village. All right, we get like, how much? How, how, how long does he go for? All right, two minutes? Okay, next scene. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying that they have to stay long on these scenes, but oh gosh, man, just have a sense of peace. And have a sense of, all right, you're telling a story. You're not telling us, it's, it's not like a paragraph in like, a, in, in like a, a history book, for example. And that's how these scenes feel like. They feel like paragraphs. All right, this happened. Yeah. All right, you, 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 you highlight the scene. You, you highlight the words. Okay, now we cut to the next paragraph, the next scene. Highlight that, next scene. You know, it's like, yeah. literally like, this is you like, reg- uh, trying to, re- re- you know, basically you trying to remember all this stuff at exam. And at the end of the day, you yeah. just, just want to be entertained. You don't want to feel like this yeah. is like some kind of, Exam that you're trying to yeah, how, prepare how long, for. How long is the movie? Two hours. Oh wow! Let yeah, it's it's two hours, and it's still and, and that's the shocking part about it. Huh? This movie is two hours, and it still feels rushed. It still yeah. feels like there's just moving at this breakneck pace, like almost like you like you know how uh, how we was talking about before with um, Sabrina and them trying to reach a time frame. It's almost like we have to reach this two hour time frame, so we have to just let seeds kind of just play out and then we just edit we, we cut here and then we move on we cut here and we move on we will see this thing happen and we, we stop it and then we move on to the next scene i was like why Jen? why you know you either just take this stuff out that that just not necessary at all just for for the story to to move to flow properly or i don't know you just make the show longer you know what i mean just do something right um but yeah, the editing just does not work. The story is just so by the numbers and just like a checklist. It, you just don't feel the weight of anything at all. I, I just didn't care for any of these characters. Like, you want to care for Brewster, you know me, because of his, his campaign about his mission. But because they just move at this gener- at this pace and because, you know, it's told in such a generic way, you just don't care. I'm sorry. And no offense, Jen. I mean, Chris Pye is a great actor. Like, he looks the part, eh? especially when he, when he Bear or whatnot, you know, he, 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 he looks like, you know, like somebody who would, who would come out of that era. But my God, boy, his character was just so flat. It's just like, all right, I have to look stoic. I have to look serious all the time. And that's what he does. I have to talk in this way because I'm stoic and I'm serious. I only get a couple of moments to laugh with McGill because she's McGill and we move on. But there was just no humanity to the character. Like, like remember what? Mel Gibson brought to William Wallace. He was a character that you like, you know, that you love actually. You know, the, the moments with him and his wife, you know, just how happy he was, you know, just those little moments that really made his character work. So by the time he ended up in the battlefield, like, he's just like blood craze, you know, warrior basically. You feel that, you know what I mean? Even to his last minutes on screen, you know, you feel all that. But here it's just like, all right, I just have to look this way, I have to talk this way because I'm the hero and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, I didn't care. Um, the actress who plays Elizabeth, she did her best, but unfortunately, she wasn't in the movie for that long and because they set up in such a way that she and Robert don't really have that much screen time together, it just kind of makes it awkward. Um, Aaron Tyler Johnson, who plays James, like he was just over the top. He kind of like outshines Robert, but not in a good way because, you know, he's just like, once again, blood man, and he just, but 
you get where he's coming from where it's like you you you, you try to discredit my family name so i just got rubber to the face why yeah but they just really didn't do much with him apart from that and last right. class um the battle scenes i mean yeah they're good they, they, they are, they're brutal they're bloody but I mean, this is stuff I've seen before. And, like, I'm not expecting it to be Zack Snyder 300 or, like, really gory and, like, self-flagellating, like, you know, like a brave heart or, to a lesser extent, um, heart. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, I'm uh, yeah. Hacksaw Ridge. Ridge, right. That's it. It'll be like, I'm not expecting it to be, like, where it's so brutal it almost making you feel like, yeah, boy, war is bad. War is really, really bad. And you know what yeah. I mean? I'm just like shoving this down the truth, which, yeah, I'm uh, uh, sorry, but that's what Mel Gibson's action sequences did. But to a great effect, of course. But in this case, it's just like, yeah, you know, it's muddy, it's gray, characters being killed, blah, 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 blah. In there, see that, don't really care. And no new scenes don't run for you know way too long, but even then it's just like, yeah, yeah. they're cool, but uh, I've seen these things before. I, I'm sorry, and because the they don't really care about the characters, they just feel like you know, just what they are, just one dimensional characters fighting and stabbing each other up because that's the genre that, that's what you come to see. But yeah. yeah, boy, so while I wouldn't say this is one of the worst movies I've seen this year, this is. Uh, a huge disappointment, but I mean, just given the director and what he he showed us with with Hello High Water, boy, this was a, right. a just stepped out of it. So, yeah, so real, real, real sad, unfortunately. Boy, I, so. you know, I think it, they, that Twix still have me on the fence about how this stuff is because you think that you know stuff like this would be a much better quality show, and you know, yeah. So was like, that death for some projects? Yeah, yeah, because I don't even think this would have worked as a theatrical release. Like seriously, what like what do you think about this? It's like, nah, this would not work way at all. Hours, I was like, well, that don't make that don't make any sense now. When you when you go for two hours, yeah, I was like, oh, boy, that means this was just fully thought out as a project, and you're wondering if Netflix factored into that. I don't know. Yeah, how to be, how to be, but I don't know, boy. I just really wanted to like this thing, but I mean, the the the, the script, the the narrative was sloppy. The editing was way sloppy. Um, acting was just it just felt basic and uninspired. Didn't really learn much about about Robert e. Bruce and his campaign. It's just you know checklist after check. Sorry, um, checklist. You know, one point, one point, one point because it's a genre. So you have to play these beats. You know what I mean? And that's why I got unfortunately. So for me, this gets a very light two and a half out of five, man. Um, if you have not necessarily on Netflix, I guess you could check it out. If you like, this could have been a perfect companion piece to Braveheart, boy. But unfortunately, I didn't really get much out of it. I didn't really learn much about Robert anyway. It's just like the first like act of the film, which basically is like the mid to the end of Braveheart anyway. But just from Robert's perspective, that was kind of cool. But then that really doesn't add that much to the, to the Braveheart story. And all I would just say, just like I said on Facebook, stick with Braveheart. That's all I have to say. Just stick with Braveheart. Yeah, just, just a point. Let's add them down. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's sad, boy. So, I know. But, I, I mean, David McKenzie, yeah, still have faith in your dread, but I don't know. But, but, but pick a better project next time. Dread.
talk about uh, what well, you're going to talk about the girls in spiders web so what i will say before before you jump in is um i well i would call myself the biggest fan of the going dragon tattoo trilogy well, I, I actually we saw the first well i'll talk about the, the swedish one right i saw the first one yeah. um numi rapi so isn't it um I, I think it was her right yeah um was introduced yeah. to her through that really enjoyed that and i saw i only watched that because of the well the remake that um david fincher did and yeah. I don't know, like, I am one of the few that kind of felt that movie was way too overhyped and overrated. Like, I watched it, I was like, um, David Fincher's a good genre tattoo. Like, it was well made, well shot, everything. But I just find it was just way too overhyped. But, like, like the hype right. machine that went with that movie, the, uh, the advertising right. campaign. And then when you see this, it's like, all right, okay. that was it, I, okay. I went okay. in, I went to be blind, but I, I remember just digging the hell out of it when it, when it came out, Oh, um, but, but, but you didn't you didn't see the pre you didn't see the, the original film. I didn't see it at the time. I watched it. Oh, after, right. Okay, but well, that, that explains it, yeah. Yeah, but I still preferred the American version. Um, over that. Yeah, uh, well, the American the American version did some did some some great things, huh? But right. what what disappointed me is that the end of of well, David Fincher's version clearly set up for a sequel. Well, in this case, it would have right. been the other two movies in, in the in the um in the trilogy. But Sony, being the smart people that they are, was like, nah, we, we ain't doing this no more, Joe. Cancel that. So, to my surprise now, in 2018, not only are we not doing the two sequels, but right. we started a fresh yeah. new story. And I think no, it no, is so based what off of from an actual no, book that, that exists. Right, exactly. What it did is they decided to just do the, the different, because it's, it's, the series has two separate authors. And they okay. went to the different authors. But forget the, word, the other author they you know. But basically, right. they, they say, okay, we're not going to do the first set of authors with the Hornets, and that's not Dragata too. Um, that, that material, but we're just going to go with um, the second set of material. And boy, this, I don't know, like, I don't know if that's the story or if they, they keep it, but that second author is like Israel weak source. Because <laughs> movie, holy shit, I am utterly shocked how this movie kind of so bad. I didn't hate it, hate it, but boy, this just really fell flat for me. Okay, now, I'm going to tell I'll you how through the grapevine that the instead of being this sort of like psychological thriller like what the first movie was this one tried to make um oh, Lisbeth into bond. like this like this kind of james bond action james film no bullshit yeah that is the problem the problem with it is that look um Lisbeth salander is not is not a thing character she's not a spy she's a, a you know it's a kind of grounded figure and that's what they decided to do they put this whole thing in some big big geopolitics storyline which is what like <laughs> that affects you at all. That that, and that's immediately what I said. You yeah, notice with this. I'm like, wow, why is this plot this thread? It's like, this is not Jameson Bourne. Go do this with her. It'll work. It'll work at all. And that's what it basically did. And that's why it didn't work. What is the story about? All right, so Lizbeth Salander, well, she's the same Lizbeth Salander, um, badass, bisexual, hacker person, right? Um, yeah. it's, in this, by the way, the hacking is ridiculous. Like, it's, she's <laughs> like a hacker. 
whatever. Anyway, is, 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 it, is it like hackers? The movie bad? You know, it's on our level of foolishness now. It's for me wow. at least. Um, <laughs> it is basically watching a James Bond movie. Anyway, so she she um deal with some fella via come up onto some famous um Swedish CEO I think for some company. He's beaten, he's beat up girls, he's beat up your wife. So uh-huh. she, I took him after him, and she fuck him up and take all the money, blah blah blah. Yeah, we, we, the, the, the trailer the trailer spoiled it by the way. Ta- right. Thank you, well, Sony. That, thank that, you, Sony, for spoiling that. Thank you. Yeah, I did get the movie. And she now she gets in contact with somebody who has a big like something involving the NSA and a story. So she basically he basically asked her to steal some this this powerful hacking program that could do anything and apparently could um into anywhere in the world in terms of nuclear technology and you can launch a nuclear bomb from anywhere on the planet if you have this this program it's like all right that's okay fashion <laughs> ridiculous but whatever um and then she hacks into the nsc which is like you're fucking serious like look <laughs> uh, this is smarter but come the fuck off that's a little ridiculous but she hacked into the nsc and then lakeith stanfield's character he's right. working for the nsc you will see some big hacker back in the days and he decided to, well, sell out and, and cash in and work for the NSA. But he tracked down um, Lisbeth to, to where the hacking program went. And when she tracked him down, he had to look for her. And what happened? All right. They, they find out why the, the, why, why they, who went after the program and how. There's this separate terrorist organization that after steals it from Lisbeth. So, so when right. Lisbeth gets Somebody immediately comes and go after Elizabeth in her house. So they, they attack her and then blow up the house. Um, but it's her apartment. Oh, well, it's in there. Yeah. And that is where the story starts. And then it's, it has this side story involving her. And, well, apparently she has a sister back in the days. And okay. you find out. Who, well, by, okay, oh, by the way, the trailer spoiler too. So you know who it is. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, I saw it. Mm-hmm. That's basically what the story is. It's just you find out who involved with this this program that could launch nuclear technology from anywhere. Uh-huh. That is the story. And the story is so weak. Um, very little of the action works because that was just like really standard car chase and stuff. It only have one moment involving Elizabeth on some ice on a frozen lake. That was kind of cool a little bit. And then I I don't know. Look, remember praise Claire for his acting earlier? Yeah. Holy shit, she was fucking terrible in this movie. Yeah, because they give her a bad, a, a, a bad but she, character. But they had to do this, this Nordish, this this um, northern, northern European accent as well, which was like, yeah, not a fit you at all. I don't know if she's not from there. So the act, the accent was terrible. Um, and the, yeah, the, the, the dialogue was terrible. Lucky Stanfield was okay, but he was still, again, bad material. So you didn't care. And then they had like some involvement, some stuff involving a couple other side characters that you, when you learn what the real plot and who was doing what. Um, involved in the program, they were bad too because it's like some real flat ass dialogue. Look, look, I'm a badass, you know, member of the the, the security force. Uh, don't do this, and we'll arrest you, and so and so. And like, uh. get it. And then the big reveal of who was when they when they find out who, who was connected to do to who was was a mess. The final action sequence was kind of cool because it involved a sniper rifle, and I think that's the only reason I liked it because it involved a sniper rifle. <laughs> that's it. Okay. And it was was, was kind of cool. Again, it was James one bullshit. Because Lisbeth has a character who's another hacker person who was basically her Q and he did the whole, <laughs> he, did the whole he was the whole hacking shit tuna. And that was okay. Um 
This 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 well sided away the way how you describe it. The villain was fucking terrible. Holy shit. Nothing about his character would have made sense. Um, in my opinion. It was poorly justified, poorly handled. Um, like the, the opening sequence involving them was like, okay, you're setting up this character, but but the character clearly made a choice, so you don't understand why it is that she's so angry going forward. Is does the character suffer from mental health? It's unclear. But the, the if the character's supposedly rational and just angry, that didn't make any sense. Um because it's involving something with Elizabeth and her past and involving this character. And it was so stupid and made no sense to me. And then it was just... Well, it, the editing was kind of bad, but it was because it, the, the whole structural edit was a mess. And because the story was so weak, um, you just couldn't, it, nothing flowed or made sense in that week. Um, again, it had a couple of decent action sequences. It had a cool fight in a bathroom. I thought that was cool. Um, and another but, fight in a bathroom in 2018. <laughs> so it, but it just clearly aping Jason, Jason Bourne. This, yeah. this did not fucking work at all. Here's how bad this is. Eh? So I was pressed for time. And unfortunately, I had to go and see this. Yeah, this, I don't know why they was even showing this in the screen, but they, they showed it in 40X. <laughs> so I don't wow. Have to go see. I, Wait, I, I feel so how, sorry for you, bro. Right, here's how it gets worse. I was in a fucking 40X theater. It was, the, the shit was vibrating and thing with action sequence and all that bullshit. And I actually drop asleep for a little two seconds. That is how boring this movie was, Dread. The movie dies the biggest crime. It this shit was fucking boring, Dread. Like it had a whole bunch of things they could have cut. Um, whole bunch of scenes that kind of like, wow. I was just like slipping in and out of consciousness for a couple moments. And I was like, wow, I actually like find it hard to stay up. And it's not like I didn't eat or anything like that. I was fine. But this shit was fucking boring. Look, I probably stay up too late the night before. That's probably the reason. But no, like, no, 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 no. The reason is because the movie, the movie is boring. There's no, there's Dude, no ifs and like, what's about it. It's a shocking disappointment, especially it being such a big. Like, okay, I, I was a very big, big fan of the David Fincher film. I liked the David Fincher film. I thought a lot of that worked, and this was such a step down. I mean, it was just so amateur hour when it come compared to Fincher. Now. And yeah. the director was like, like, why they give this director that? Like, but but, but, speak, but speaking of the director, this is the thing that disappointed me as, you know, hearing from you. It's uh, Fede Alvarez, who was a director right. I was following because he did the, I still think, pretty decent remake of Evil Dead. And he did Don't Breathe, right. which I really enjoyed. So, like, what going on here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it, was, it was really unfortunate. Um, this just didn't gel together particularly well. Um, I don't know. It, I don't know. Just, just, just read it. Just, just. Be, be done with it. Read it. Read it. CC it. Just a street CC it. Just a street CC it. It wasn't the worst thing in the world, but and it, had its, it had its moments. Again, the ending act, the last action sequence with the sniper rifle, I really enjoyed. I thought that was pretty fucking cool. What it did there. Um, but, Dread, this was a shocking disappointment. <laughs> it was wow. utterly shocking how disappointed it was. And again, because of Claire Foy, I was like, oh, Claire Foy is great in first man. We're going to see you in this. Nope. Terrible. Fucking All right. Terrible. So, so last question I have to ask, right? So, do you see this movie making it to some people's worst off lists for the year? Because yeah. I have a feeling that it will, it will be there. There's a possibility. I'm not sure, but I can see some people hating on it. Oh, the movie had one highlight. It had Miguel Alma from um, Phantom Thread in it. I'm like, hey, look at Alma. I like her. Oh, what okay. She, she's in yeah, it too. She had, All right. she had a little side something, nothing major. But I was like, hey, I get to see she in something. I think I love her in that movie. That was a little something. I got it cool. Right. 
Yeah. Because and the uh, thing is, I don't watch I don't watch the crown now. Right? And I don't watch the crown. Um I, but I really like First Man and Unseen earlier this year. Now. Yeah. Um so she was a big disappointment in this. She was she was a mess. It was it was that's just rubbish. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> just rubbish. I mean she had a charity show, so it's like she had a charity show. Like, she was really bad in this. And it had some really like stupid moments. And again, I think what was the problem is how poorly the character was written now because what, what, what made it didn't work is that she's super hacker. She's super hacker now. And she have these all these plans ahead of time. But when it comes to like solving like the major issue, she's kind of a dumbass and just taking L's right too. And I hated that. <laughs> That's why she didn't have to describe like when it's something when it's time to take on the main antagonist, she's kind of a dumbass and real losing, taking L's. When it comes to like dealing with a couple of small things, well look, look how, how clever she is. And look how clever like, yeah, but that basically saying that she just wastes her fucking time on that small bullshit that didn't matter though. That basically will come across to me now. Whoever. <sighs> Elizabeth Salander is, is a great character from since when she was she was conceived back in the early 2000s. Well, in the late 90s, whoever. And to see her like this, where she's just insane super person, it was dumb. Yeah. Really dumb. So, last, last question. Well, you know, you know, so leaders take the L's, but you know, they, they're all about the box office receipts, right? So, yeah. you do you see Sony yeah, releasing but- another another um well i should say a sequel to this in the near future or this so is this, this is it I, I have no idea but well, i mean if it make money make money i mean because look look what happened venom right they, they have so much more leverage involving spider-man now right because venom did well uh, yeah um but i i have no idea i mean if it do if it do good then yeah <laughs> that's it but as a film from a critical standpoint that should fall flat to me bro. this is a mess bro. Wow. Was at all. I don't know if, like, I, I haven't read any other critics about it. I didn't go into it. I just say, oh, cool. You know, a new, new Millennium series coming out. They're making another movie. Great. I want to see it. And I just thought they kind of fucked it up. Huh. Oh, well. So, now to close things off, you'll talk about the show that, um, that, I, that I saw, or both of us saw, actually. Overlord, yeah. right? Which is the yeah. second film directed by Julius Avery. It is produced by J.J. Abrams through his uh, Bad Robot Productions, Bad and whatnot. Um, I know it has nothing to do with Cloverfield, Tank God, because I mean we were burned with the Cloverfield paradox. Still, one of the worst movies yeah. I saw for this year. Hands uh, down. Uh, Sorry, one of the most pointless movies I've seen for the year so far. Yeah, for real. Huh? That was this year. That was this year. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I know, right. Shit like it was years ago, Like for me, as far as I concerned, January is fucking seven years ago. Yeah, boy. No, but it's how they just drop it out of nowhere. That's that's why people can't wait. Did that come out this year? Exactly. Right, so the story for this is simple. As simple as simple gets, right? Which is what I love about this show, but you'll get to that. So, um, this is the eve of ED. We have some uh, paratroopers we are introduced to. They are displayed. The mission basically is to destroy this radio tower that the Nazis set up in the old church. Uh, but in this excellent very ridiculously intense scene the plane is shut down not surprising and the plane yeah, yeah. you know crashes and whatnot uh some of these survivors well one of them is um ed boyce who is played by jovan or jovan adepo i think this is the first time i've seen him in a movie oh wait no no no. actually he was in fences i forgot and uh we're reading up here on wikipedia he was in the leftovers which is a show what? that i need to start watching what he was in it? He was in Leftovers. He played uh, Michael Murphy. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Right. I was trying to remember. I was trying to peg where he was from. I was like, yeah, Leftovers, right. Yeah. 
Um, another right. character is Captain Ford, who is played by Wyatt Russell. Yes, the son of Kurt Russell is in this as right. well. Right. So they're known. They basically, you know, well, in, in France, yeah, they're, they're in France right now looking out for Nazis. You know, typical stuff uh, that, that you expect from a from a film like this. Um, they run into a civilian a, uh, by the name of Chloe, um, and she helps them out. She takes them to this house where her sick aunt, quote-unquote, is, um, yeah. is residing, and her, um, is it her, no, it's not her son, I think it's her little brother, something like that, right? So one thing leads to the other, some Nazis end up coming inside, you know, they, they kind of apprehend them and stuff like that. One thing leads to the next, and then, well, while they go into the actual church, um, well, they learn that uh, as, as, the, as the trailer so, so brilliantly um, showed us, there's some nasty, freaky experiments going on in, in, um, involving reanimation of dead corpses, of, um, you well, know, soldiers or whatnot. Reanimation is perfect, though. It's for that statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So basically, this movie is a World War Two war, uh, war. Well, it's also a war film mixed with what was he looking for? For eighties schlocky, bloody, just reanimation slash zombie goodness, yeah. and that is yeah. what um, Overlord is in a nutshell. Um, yeah, and, I, and to be clear, I dug the hell out of it. Same here. I <laughs> went in knowing what to expect for this. All right. So, yeah. so let's jump into the review, right? Um, Julius Avery Bay. This man, if if he play cards right, Jed, he have, he have a clear feature ahead of him, boy. This man, this man come in, do what you gotta do, and he do it excellently, in my opinion, Jed. I was totally impressed by by the direction of this. Um, the aesthetic of it, just the way how the title card shows up, I was like, <laughs> I like this. Okay, I gotta like mention. I, I, like <laughs> I gotta mention at the end. Um, you know, why it is that this movie got cherry on the top for me, and I like is that re- you know, it's an obvious reason you'll know it when, when I mention. Well, go ahead. Yeah. So just the way how how it's set up and everything from sound design, the visuals, and yes, the visuals work for this too. And it's funny, right? Because um, all right. So before the movie started, when I went to see it in in cinema yesterday, there was a trailer for <laughs> why I was telling my friend it was a director video movie called Airstrike, right? Which, for yeah. some odd reason, features both Bruce Willis and Adrian Brody. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. That, yeah. I saw the trailer. That looked like Royal Bull Children. What the fuck? I know, right? And, yeah. and, uh, well, I don't want to sum myself out, but you know, you could actually like, torrent that. You could, you, could, you, could, you could torrent and stream that movie right now. Eh? That, that's oh, true. Wow. I don't know what is going on with, with, with Bruce Willis right now. I mean, yep. I did talk about Acts of Violence, which, which is one of the worst movies I see for the year, but yep. Bruce Willis needs to stop doing these films, sir. Uh, somebody had a, somebody have a second mortgage, right? Holy shit. Yeah, boy. Like he, he need to stop doing these favors. Like, all right, I'll be in your little movie for like 10 minutes with some Asian actors that nobody know about. Okay. Oh yeah, Adrian Brody's it. Uh, yeah, I remember him from that show. What what was it? You know what I mean? Like that there. Uh, but oh gosh, but like I was looking at the visual, just the visuals for the the um, you know, the 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 dog fights and whatnot took me out of it instantly. They look like all right, I'm not seeing the yeah, look. We had a waste too much time. But here's my but, thing. But, 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 but I get to my point. I get, I get to my point. The point is, right. your CG had to be that bad for me to look at it and be like, yeah, this this look like CG. I don't. There's no there's no ounce of realism in it apart from plane flying in clouds, and Overlord just that opening sequence alone, and you don't spend too much time showing a lot of visuals. Eh? 
you know, with the planes or whatnot. But from what I got there, I was like, yes, I'm sold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I need to see. And I buy into it, right? Um, but yeah, um, from that moment, Joe, just, just from that, that the plane getting shut down, um, from sound design to visuals, I was like, all right. I am on edge. I am on point. I am loving everything. Yeah. This I love yeah, yeah. the film. Just takes its time, and that it doesn't just like show right off the bat. Oh, we have reanimated soldiers here. It builds, but it doesn't take too much time to build. It gives you enough time for you to get the Jesse story, to get the Willie story, to make you like the characters, to make you care just enough, not too much, and for you to get the aesthetic, which is just you know grindhouse style. And on the subject of grindhouse, this fits within. Um, the little known genre called Nazi exploitation, which um, uh, Quentin Tarantino paid tribute to it with his Inglorious Bastards film. And I made a joke on Facebook where I said, Well, this is the movie that Eli Roth had in his head when he was on the set there. Because, yes, Eli Roth made an appearance in, in Inglorious Bastards. You know, the guy with the back, right. scene. You know what I mean? Because this is like so right up Eli Roth's um, territory you now. But that's not yep. to go on away, you know what I mean? Not celebrating in the in the graphic violence but yes there is violence it is brutal it is gory like ridiculously gory but it's just yeah. done fun no, I thought, it's I like thought if you don't get it by now then i sorry i think this might win best oscar for best um, costume or something like that in my opinion best it makeup trend best makeup that have yeah. that have to win or that at least had to get nominated for best makeup effects i was like yeah. i am loving the makeup effects in this trend not too elaborate but just enough for you to be like i buy into this i this is how evil zombie Nazi should look like. You know what I mean? Skin ripped apart from the, the cheek and all that kind of stuff. I, I buy into this. But yeah, I agree with you. The makeup effects were excellent for this. Um, the music, I was, I was totally impressed by this. Uh, the music was, was on point. It was very, not haunting, but that's very effective in setting up the tone. Um, performances, you know. Um, everybody did a great job. But, you know, I even saw my boy, Bokeem, Woodbine, and it's like, hey, playing a yeah. soldier again. Remember, he played a soldier, kind of crazy soldier in um, Dead Presidents ages ago. But I was like, all right, he did this movie too. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, and I just love, I was, yeah, I just love the, the you know, the old school grindhouse approach to things. It really does feel bits like um, Inglourious Bastards, but that's, uh, you know, that's a compliment, actually. You know, um, because it really does harken back to just you know, just the B-movies. And that's, this is the main thing I love about this movie here, is that it is, by and by, a B-movie. It's wholeheartedly yeah. a B-movie. But I didn't, I didn't jump with, with With A-movie sensibility. And, you know, right. some people might find that it kind of kind of dip in its, you know, toes in, um sorry, like try to have one foot in the door of being a B-movie and one foot in being A. So, you know, you have that kind of, but I, I find that it balanced out well enough. So what I'm trying to say is, is that, yes, you're not supposed to take this thing seriously, but there are moments that do play out seriously enough to be, like, engaged in what's going on. You know what I mean? So it has that nice balance of A and B movie, you know, quality. Now. Right. But I, t- but I think uh, I talk enough, um, Ricardo, you know, just compliment, but tell, tell, tell me what you, t- what you thought about, um, about yeah, no, Overlord. I, I, I on your, I'm the same page as you. Um, I dug the hell out of this. Um, it was simple. They didn't try to make no simple, straightforward story. Yes. No, 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 yeah. no, no bullshit. No wasting time on crap. Um, just no twists, no thing, which is shocking because J.J. Abrams make it. So, you, know? you, know, you know, the, the mystery box crap, you know. So yeah, that. No, they, they, they had a mystery and you solve it immediately and then they had to solve a problem in the context of World War II and in the context of D.D. Loved it. Straightforward. It's basically a Wolfenstein movie. 
That's what yes, it is. <laughs> exactly. Even right down to the to the um to the to the font that they use. This very Wolfenstein, yeah. you know. Um, right. one thing I also like too, but I know this might tick off some. I could, I, I guess, I could call them diehard like horror. Oh, sorry, zombie fans. Not a lot of reanimated soul, is it? Not too much in it, but I like that. Yeah, it's very right. subdued. They get like enough, like okay, this is the main bad guy, and this is the, yeah. the the second strongest guy, and a few others. But it's not like this is twenty days later or, or Resident Evil, where it's like rampaging soldiers. This is not what this movie is about. That's yeah, too big of a budget, anyway. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that was big enough because they they show them kind of coming out to the end, and then they get mashed up, right? Um, yeah. it, because it's not a preventer situation. I thought that was perfect for the plot. Yeah, and um, also I also like as well that um, it is Nazis um exploitation. So you do feel like in my case, I was just like, yes, Nazis being gunned down. I'm loving this, and the way how they get tacked down, I was like, yes, I love it. This this yeah. is so like, you know, just like a glorious bastard, you feel a kind of sick pleasure to see Nazis die because I right. mean, who don't want to see Nazis get gunned down, right? I mean, it's it's awesome. What do you ask Nazis, right? Except for other Nazis, right? Exactly. Um, I right, but the issue with me is that it's just they they got the set design and, and the, the again makeup just so well done for me. I was like, yes. yeah, I was just I was just digging all the gore. I didn't expect it to be this gory. Um, I didn't expect it to be this like what it did with it in terms of like some of the shots and, and what it was doing it. And I was just relishing in the whole thing. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll, well, sorry to cut it, but also like how brave it was in terms of the violence. So like, yeah, people will get beat was, down and thrown to walls and whatnot. It's like. But, Dude, that, it, but it's, it's not it's too over the top. But that's enough for you to be like, but this is this is exactly what I expect from this grindhouse esque film anyway. And I I was but I really didn't think they would go that far with it because they had a part with a skull crushing. I was just so brutal in a scene. Now. Yeah, boy. Um, <laughs> like, wow. um, but it made it. I thought it made this work. Um, again, the main villain was great. That I really liked him. He totally chewed chew up the scenery, but he was great. Yeah. And the main the main the main the main, the main protagonist. Sorry, he was great. Um, the star of the story, he, he's a star. They made him work. The context of his, of his, um, of why he was there and what he was doing was all of that made some workable sense to me. I didn't fight right. it down be, and gonna be historically accurate, blah blah blah. But it yeah. was like, yeah, yeah, it, it have this, that, that possible. I didn't write now, mind that. No, no question, right? Um, what you thought about um Captain Ford's character? You know this tough, so, sadistic guy who loves right. to, you know, yeah, he, he's a sadistic sob, right? But in a, but. You know, um, some people might find his character to be kind of cliche, you know. A little bit. That, that kind of thing. Uh, right. I, I get where you're coming from. I, I, do, I do agree with that in Tuss's next one. There's a, lot of, a little bit of that where he, he's a utilitarian character and he's like, well, we got to do anything for our, but you know. And then the, 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 the good character, the hero's like, well, no, we don't have to become like them. That bullshit now. Yeah, I didn't mind it, but I know for some people in my final on the cliche side. I, I, yeah, because it's like no, I just I just come to see some some you know reanimated Frankenstein Nazi zombies get blow up and that's what I get. And yeah. I didn't, didn't I didn't go in with some oh this need to be deeper than really is because it wasn't. It didn't try, right? It was just solid. It didn't need to be. You see, look, if they even hint, if they even hint that this was part of a larger universe or it's connected to the Cloverfield universe, I'd have probably give this movie a fuck. But that would have pissed me off. That me I had too, to think of. That's bullshit. No, I just want a straightforward story with some Nazi zombies and Nazi super science. That's yeah, all that, I want. That's it. That, give, 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 me, give me a genre uh, film. That, that's what I got. Yeah, and I got some nice violent violent action sequence. Uh, yes, I had this big yes. zombie. Somebody got burned to death with a flamethrower and he was a zombie and he tried to do some shit and he just got burned to death and get fucked up. And Loved it. Looked, it. It looks awesome. It did. Glorious. <laughs> it inglorious, if you will. Inglorious. Yeah. It looks very inglorious. 
I dug the hell out of this. Um, I'm gonna give this a really high score for what it was. Um, which is which is effectively, yeah, you know, it's not that big high max, you know, set of money, but it's a really really high movie town because that's what it is. It's a very very high. Yeah, movie. yeah. It going, going get this. You know what you know what I like about this film? It's not only it's, it's a good film, but it's also a good drunk drinking film with friends because yeah, you can yeah, get yeah. With your and thoroughly enjoy this. It's a, I really really enjoy this movie. Mm. I I was just relishing in the violence and, and all the gore, and I was just digging the hell out of this. Right. Now, for me, no. Oh, oh sorry. Right. sorry. You're, you're right. Before I end, before you get into it, uh, the reason why this got a really cherry on top of the end was the last song. They were pronounced. What the fuck? That was bad. Yes, it's a girl. When the song was, started playing, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. This, this is not bridging the gap I'm hearing here, right? Uh, or uh, is yeah. it the original sample that they're going to lead into? Maybe. <laughs> But then, as the drums kick in and it started getting, I'm like, wait, what, 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 what? And then they hear that, hey, 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 and then the beat comes in there. But while the end credits were rolling, slight spoiler, I was asking myself, but Bridget the Gap, Overlord, I don't get Like, this is rap song. You wear this use of a rap song, I've heard in a movie. Like, like cultural. Okay, so I, I get, I just kind of get the cultural sensitivities of the filmmaker. He was like, you know, jazz music and and rap music and all this kind of stuff was re- generally reviled by by the Nazis in that sense. So this was a kind of you know, the, the kind of the, the, a kind of last look for him to to the Nazis. Now it's like, oh, oh, so like, oh okay, okay, okay. I, I did not look at it like I, that. All right. Because I was thinking about it because when you listen to Nasus lyrics, which is all about him talking about his dad and his musical history and whatnot, right. like, but um, this had nothing to do with with reanimated Nazis. So like, Whoa. but it, to, me, it, it, to me, to me, to me, it felt like they just picked the song just out of a, a random no, I iTunes I playlist. Random I just too. drop it. No, it didn't feel random to me. It didn't feel okay. random to me. I was like, nah, nah. I get what they kind of was going for with it. All right, but now in the context that, that you put it in, it's like, okay, now that makes sense. But at first, it caught me completely by surprise. I was like, but wait, what? Why? <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And he, he like, that's not what he was going for at all. Like, he does like that song. I'm like, all right, cool. But I, that's how I read a little bit into it. All right, fair enough. But yeah, but um, for me, though, what the, the main thing I love about this movie, though, is that it's, like I say, you know, it is a B movie, true and true. Um, and you know, it's I just it's amazing that in 2018 stuff like this exists though. Like, you know, apart from the Oscar contenders and the big Hollywood um the big Marvel stuff and big blockbusters, you have something like this where it's just like, all right, we're going back to an era where people just want want to be entertained by this over the top gratuitous violence and just have fun, yeah. you know what I mean? Stuff like this, yeah. like you would have seen like in the eighties and nineties and like you know, um like this year with movies like Upgrade, which I which we didn't review on this program here, but I would say it's destined to be a cult classic, even though it's not perfect. I, um, this resurgence I, of like, I, I, I of like I, I cult films. What it was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not perfect, but for what, what, for what it was trying to do, pretty good, right? But um, it's like this resurgence of like cult films and midnight movies now. So like yeah. we reviewed Mandy, you know, Mandy's right up there. But just that idea of going back to that era where it's like, all right, we're going to do something that we never see before. We're just going to have fun. We're going to be strange and weird and unique with it. But we're going to be fun. We're gonna, you're just going to have fun with it, right? Because yeah. like something like this, you'd, you'd swear would have come out like say in the 70s or the 80s. And then you had guys like Robert Rodriguez or Tarantino, 
you know, paying homage shit like what they did with the Grindhouse um, Double Bill movie that they brought out years ago. Now. You know, something like that. Now, yeah. like you think this is something like they would do, or like like I said, Eli Roth would do, but and, bad robots. And, 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 this it's a this guy. It's a yeah, and it's it's a trend in filmmaking. I, I'm wholeheartedly embracing because here's the problem. Um, you know, the, the, the Tower of Babylon has become a little too high now. And what I mean by that is that, you know, it has too much you coming as a new filmmaker, but you have to bring something new to the table. That bullshit now. And it has way too much, I don't know what to say, but it has little creative space for people anymore. Instead of just yeah. practicing your craft, just making a good product, where you have a set of people over-leveraging on narratives and, and stories and, and twists that people, like most people don't really give a fuck about. Like when I watch it, I just watched Venom, for example, and the success of Venom. Kind of makes sense. Like I thought it was kind of trash for me because I'm in that in that that part of the culture. I, I will agree I'm part of the problem of it not being original and not being clever enough and that kind of stuff. But like people just need just need a good, good, just straightforward movie though. And yeah, and this is what overload is, you know, not trying not, too hard to, you know, hard to, oh, to, to, to impress just something or to impress. It's just, yeah. And, and I yeah, and I, and I and I sorry, Dread. Like, like even if you haven't seen the trailer for this, this is not catered to like you know the the the, the Oscar beaters, you know, what I mean? and all that kind of stuff. This is just straight yeah. up genre film, Nazi exploitation, yeah. yeah. war film mixed with horror elements. That's what it is, and you know, it's just it like is, I said, just I'm pleased in for the eighty weekend movies like this, Dread. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad I didn't try to make like okay, all uh, and I'll make the case that all art is political, but uh, I didn't try. I didn't try to be as so box or anything like that. I suppose having a black protagonist maybe might be the issue, but that wasn't really the story anyway. And I thought it just did a great job of just saying, look, we just just want to tell our story. Bro. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. And most and most importantly, just show us that movies could be fun, Jen. just escape us at the team, and that's it. You know what I mean? So yeah, to you know, like to uh on again off again screenwriter as myself this kind of inspires me like i don't have to go to my way to write the next um, I know, so like a... for old men i could make something that i am passionate about something that happens back to the kind of I, movies I, that I, I love and make it work in 2018 yeah, or whatever that, you know? that point you hit is that that's exactly does undermine younger filmmakers is that younger filmmakers think they oh they, they're going to be the next you know coen brothers or some bullshit like that like no bro yeah. just story and do your thing like yeah, just make something. a great movie Jay. like and that's what that's what upgrade did to extent. That's what Mandy yeah. did to extent. And this is another one. So last thing I'll yeah. say before I get to rated here, this is at the moment my official entry, my official pick for guilty pleasure movie of 2018. Dread. This yeah, is yeah. just no holds bar, just exactly what it is, exactly what I expect it to be. I had fun. I want to get this on, on, on Blu-ray at some point in time, or just see it again as soon as. So for me, gets this gets uh this guy has strong four to five, man. I, I sorry, I just had to give yeah. it that. Um, I, I don't know if it will make it to my best of list. Like I could probably shift um, it from a guilty pleasure to that, but I think because yeah. of just it's a genre film and because of what it is and because they're trying too hard to be anything else. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe that, but for now, this is I my am, official guilty pleasure movie of the year. I'm reasonably certain that it's um, going to be yeah going to be a guilty pleasure for the year for me as well. Um, I just just dug the hell out of this. I just had so much fun. And yeah, I didn't nothing I didn't have any major issues. I, I can understand people knocking it and oh it's, it's cliche, da 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 da. da. I was like, nah, it was just they just set out to do a goal and they did it. And you know, I prefer I prefer your plate safe in that way. If you're gonna do better, then fine. But if you if you can't do better and you, you just wanna just make a solid product, 
make a solid product. Don't 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 shoot for the moon and fuck it up. Like that's exactly. probably too many. Far too many movies. There's this overly ambitious nonsense. Yeah. And I we really need a a call back to why people like films, not just exactly. not trying to be yes, yes, yes. undermining everything else. Because it is yeah. kill. It is when you think about it, it's kind of kill these genres as a whole. Eh? You know, kill the creativity. Kills, yes, it's undermined yeah. film because people now have this in this ridiculously high standard for for something that is largely an illusion, and people have to be careful of that. Whatever. Um, yeah. So, but but great point though. Um, last thing, last I would say is now, I don't know how in terms of its longevity. I I really do hope that it has longevity. But why I say that is because this is not like in the 80s, for example, where you know um films that we regard as cult classics, you know, got that way because of you know the VHS boom and all that kind of stuff. You know, right. people but, just buying movies you know, from you know renting movies and sharing it with their friends and bootleg and all that kind of stuff, and that's what really made these movies classics over the years. So I don't know what's going to be, how that's going to play out for films like Upgrade and Mandy and this movie here, Overlord. But maybe it's just, I, I don't want to say it's just off of home media, you know, sales or whatnot, but maybe it could just be from from screenings, you know, maybe just over the years. But I do see this being a true cult classic over the next 10, 50 years or so. This this is a movie that, like, is not you're not gonna forget this this movie anytime yeah. soon. And if you, if you haven't seen it, trust me, I'm calling it right now. Next 10, 50, 20 years, you are going to hear you're gonna you're gonna know the title Overlord. Even if you haven't seen, it, you're gonna know Overlord. Yet. This is a true cult classic, in my opinion. So right, totally love this. I mean, I, the thing with cult classics is that you're not supposed to contrive a cult classic. You're just supposed to naturally be. Exactly. Uh, um, this gonna be. You know, try to force, like, try to like. Uh, I don't have some some people that try to make their own cult classes, like intentionally make their own. I would say yeah, Shark Needle is kind of like an example of that, but nah, it, it has to grow over time, like with the audience and what that. Contrivance of means. You know, it's like, oh, it's a cult classic because we say so. I was like, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So, with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? Um, Passat, you could find me on Twitter. That's Ampasat R M E D Y. And then you can just type in Ricardo, but you know, Facebook, you'll find me there. All right, you can also find me on Twitter as well. Just look for Legally Black MJB, MJB, and capital letters. You can also find me on Facebook. Just look for my name, Machi along with the Legally Black blog, official fan base. We find a link to this podcast as well as the others, including uh, retrospect reviews that we've done over the past couple of years. And um, stuff to look forward to. There's a lot because, uh, yes, we are in November. And right now it's crunch time for me. I want to try to see how much shows I could just catch up on. Not just movies, but TV shows I could catch up on before our finale, right? So for one thing, um, one show I'm definitely looking forward to seeing on Netflix, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs Bay from the Coen Brothers. Um, The script is out right now. I'm not going to read it until I actually watch the movie. But I hear a lot of great things about this movie. And, you know, I'd not say that I'm a huge... I'm not the biggest... Coen Brothers fan at all, right. but yeah. you know, there's no denying they've made great movies over the years. And I have a feeling that this one, which is like a kind of dark, subversive take on the Western genre, this is this is going to be interesting. Though, so I'm really right. curious to see what they do with this right. one. But it's supposed to be coming I, out this uh, Friday um, on Netflix, so I definitely will yeah. be checking that out. I well, I, I wanted to do um, Bohemian Rhapsody, which I saw today, but I don't want to talk about it because it's like, yeah, this was. I don't want two depressing and disappointed movies in a row for me. Right? Oh, wow. We, okay, well... And we have, and we have I, some I, I, well, well, as you say that, I'm really curious to, to, um, to, to hear your thoughts on Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, unfortunately, 
it only has like one screen, one show, like six thirty on my side, which is a kind of indication of like the quality of the movie. But I really, well, really like to hear what your thoughts on that movie. Are. Well, it's not because of the quality, it's probably because of the subject. The subject matter is like, yeah, it's probably pretty well. I suppose for children, that's pretty controversial, maybe. Um, okay. But I, oh boy, this I don't want to talk about it because like yeah, yeah we we let, let, we'll have another to be continued, right? right. <laughs> um. Also, yeah. this week we're supposed to be getting widows. Um. Definitely excited for that. Saw the trailer. Um, leading into uh, uh, to, to Overlord I'm like yes there's no way this movie could fail there's no way look at the cast look at the crew there's no way this movie could fail I say that right now there's no way this movie could fail there's no way this is like scientifically engineered to not fail Ricardo <laughs> but the thing is, um, the, the person, one of the people who I really thought with a, the one person I was expecting to knock it, gave it a very high score. So I was like, all right, well, if you like it, then you know who's meaner. Yeah. Um, right. Um, also, he, sorry. Continue. Yeah, he's, he's knocked films constantly, and he gave it a great score. So like, all right, well, let me expect. I mean, I gotta love it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I will make the effort to check out season one of The Haunted of Hill House. You know, that, that, that one Netflix horror show that everybody talking about, that episode six, that's so scary. It's the scariest movie of, of 2018, right? So I, w- I will check that out for sure. Um, and last but not least, well, I mean, there, there are some other movies that came out over the past three months, which uh, I'll make the effort to check out. Um, Ricardo, I'll just tell you what um, I'll be watching. So it's up to you to, to check them out or not. And last things last, um, this is kind of unfortunate, but uh, kind of not too sure if I'm going to be checking out um, that new Fantastic Beast movie. But I don't know about you, but I just I, find that with the I, first I, movie, I, I, I had to do too much homework. I had to remember all the things that happened with the movies because no, I still haven't read the books, but now I have to remember, oh, what well, this is, what Dumbledore did and what Voldemort that, said and all that kind no, of stuff. And that's, that, that's too much for me. As I said, my main problem with, with, the, with the Fantastic Beast movie is that we got all the, the politics stuff with the old Harry Potter, but then they go on back in time, and I was thinking, all right, well, it's just going to be about this guy and have very little to do with Harry Potter. It might make a little link or two. But then they put more politics bullshit in this, too. Like, oh, yes. And where the, where the beasts? I, I only saw, like, three or four of them in the trailer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like God, I, wanted, I wanted Pokemon, you know, with magic Pokemon, and we didn't get our told you. Yeah, boy. And, uh, and now, I, now I had a remember what this character said. And I, no, that, that's too much. That's too much. That's too much homework for me. And, and, the whole trailer have a big, big old thing plotter. Have they show you know the whole plot is like well, no, no. <laughs> it's like whatever. Um, yeah. I know did you see it? I'll probably go and see it still, but whatever. I, I really that I, I mean that have me so unenthusiastic to go and see it. Same here, boy. Same here. I I sorry. I sorry. Uh, but but if you do get around to see that, well, you know, you'll never know what it was. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Alright, so yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever this is. This was Machi Bailey and Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off for another episode of BSB to Bailey. So until the next one, take care. Peace. <laughs>